0: Lord, we come before you tonight, Lord, and Lord, that's the heart. That's the cry of our heart. It's the cries of our soul. That, Lord, a lot of times, what happens is as we live our lives, we end up filling our hearts, filling our souls, filling our minds, our bodies, our lives with so many things that is not of you, and then we try to live life to the fullest. But the thing is. You promised us life and life abundantly. And so Lord, tonight we just, we just honestly and genuinely just want to come before you right now. And we just want to surrender anything and everything that is not of you. Maybe it's our situations. Maybe it's our anger or our fears or doubts. Maybe it's our habits. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever is stopping us from drawing closer to you, Lord, there's no room for that anymore in our lives. There's no room for that anymore in us. Because, Lord, what we're saying tonight is we want you. All of you. And, Lord, as we surrender, surrender is not an easy thing, Lord, because we want to be in control the truth is we're never in control. Only you, because you alone are God. And so we understand that, Lord. It allows us to look back and say, no, I can surrender because I know one. God, you love me. You're for me. You never leave me. You want the best for me. So Lord, would you do that right now? And whether you're online or hearing the person, I want to just give you just a moment. So just have that real quick conversation with the Lord. Maybe there's something that that God's putting on your heart saying, I don't want you to have that anymore. Just give it to me. So that you can make more room for what I have for you. Maybe it's depression. such an amazing God that you want us. You want every part of us. And so Lord, we give you all that we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Lord, we're so grateful that there's no one like you. That Lord, you are our champion. That there's no giants that can stand to you, you defeat them all. You give us victory. You are hope your peace, your joy, and your love. And so, Lord, tonight, would you open our hearts and just continue to reveal who you are and who we are in you? Lord, right now, we also pray for our tithes and offerings. And Lord, what's so amazing is that, Lord, you can do anything and everything, and yet you still allow us to be a part of your plan to reaching people far from you. And so, Lord, as we get ready to receive our tithes and offerings, Lord, as we give it unto you, we trust in you because of who you are. That, Lord, you're going to take it and you're going to multiply it so that more and more people will get to experience you. Lord, tonight, would you just speak to us in mighty ways because you are our mighty God. We love you, Lord, and we look forward to what you're going to do, not just in this moment, not just tonight, but every single day of our lives because of who you are. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, and we all said "Amen." amen. Amen. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you're joining us tonight, live as well as online. Before you ever see would you do me a favor would you turn to somebody and just give some love to them give them a high five or give them a hug if you you're, you're like I don't want to do that just throw shakas online go ahead and greet in the chat because it's an awesome time where we get to learn and grow together everybody welcome to new hope church we're so glad that you're joining us if, you, if you're wondering what uh, tonight is all about tonight is what we call our equip and disciple service it's a little bit different from our sunday services this is where we kind of go a little bit more in depth uh especially for those who already have a relationship with jesus and maybe you're just starting off and you're like i'm kind of new to this i don't i don't know if uh, uh you guys are gonna do nothing weird huh no we're not gonna do nothing weird maybe I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Just talking. It's going to be an awesome time. Again, this is where we get to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, I'm going to lie, man. I'm tired from worship. I'm going to have a seat. If that's okay with you guys? Because you guys are all sitting down, right? It's okay? Is it okay? For those of you at home, I know you online and you sitting down on your couch watching service, eating poke or kalbi, and you never share it with me. I'm so upset. But it's okay. I love you. I forgive you, because, you know, Jesus would, and I'm a pastor, so that's what they tell me I have to do. So, uh, yeah, so tonight, uh, we're just going to kick back. I remember this one time, we went to a conference a couple of years ago in California, and this well-known pastor, I'm not going to say his name, because I don't want to say his name, but, uh, what? I'm out of breath already, so I'm trying to calm down real real quick, but I remember this well-known pastor, uh, we're in California, and so they announced his name, Pastor. And everybody, this is, and this is a youth conference. And so I remember we're in this, we're in this big arena. I forget where it was because it was like 20 years ago. But uh, it wasn't 20 years, okay, because I'm only 36, which would have made me 16. I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, so so it was a while ago. And so I remember he sits down, and he has this, he's sitting down in this nice, sorry, if you guys cannot see me on this side, my bad. I wanted to sit over here because, you know, you guys don't have the screen. So, uh, but he's sitting in a nice Comfy chair, you know, like the ones that they, that Starbucks used to have. You know, like that really comfy chair that if you went there, you'd be like, "Oh, kanakata." Excuse me, sir, you cannot sleep in Starbucks. No, they never told that to me. Um, but yeah, he's sitting in this. He's sitting in this chair. He started speaking, and I'm there, sitting in this arena. And I'm watching this well-known pastor speak, and I'm like. Oh, like this is, is kind of amazing because I've never seen anybody give a message sitting down. You know, because normally the pastor or the speaker's like, you know, drops their pack like I did. You know, and they're like walking around and are like, oh, you know, and, and this is a youth conference. So you're like, you're, you know that the youth guys are all like, yeah, 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 Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but this guy is sitting down. and He's speaking. this is what he said. He said, you know what's funny is a lot of times when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we like this. We like this. We like it comfortable. We like to just, it's easy for us to be in a relationship with Jesus when we're in it from this perspective. And if this is all that our relationship with Jesus is, we're missing out a whole lot of it. You see, what I've learned in, in my relationship with Jesus is Jesus very rarely says, sit down, relax. Very rarely does Jesus liked to use the word comfort. If you don't believe me, <laughs> look at the cross. There's nothing comfortable at the cross. And so I remember uh, as this well-known pastor was speaking from the chair, he said, here's the problem when this is, all, this is what all becomes of our relationship with Jesus. He said, when this is all that happens in our relationship with Jesus, when all we're doing is here, in the chairs, how are we ever going to go out into the world and make a difference? And that stuck with me for years. And I didn't realize what it—I was—I mean, I was—I was a young adult when I heard that message, and but even to this day, it always resonated with me because I realized something. There's a scripture in the Bible, and it's found in Isaiah. And when I was first Coming to know the Lord, this is one of my. This is one of the many scriptures that spoke to me. It was in Isaiah, and it says this, and it's in your notes. And if you don't have notes, uh, we have in our app. You can fill. You can follow along and fill out as we go throughout the message tonight. But it says this in Isaiah. It says in Isaiah six eight. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" And Isaiah said, "Here am I. Send me." And I realized something that. That God is asking that question every single day. Who will go for me? Who will go for my kingdom? Who will go into the world and tell them about Jesus? And I can yell at the top of my lungs, here am I, Lord, here am I, here am I, here am I, here am I, I'm here am right I, send me. And he's saying, I can, but not from this position. So it's interesting, throughout the entire Bible, we see something very unique about who God is. We see that the heart, we see the heart of God, and the heart of God has always been mission. See, from Abram being sent to a distant land to establish God's people, to Moses being sent back to Egypt to set God's people free from the numerous prophets that were sent to bring conviction as well as wisdom to God's people, especially when they fell away from him, we discover how God sent people to complete his redemptive mission. Did you know that in the Old Testament, the Old Testament refers to to the term to send or shellac almost 800 times, with over 200 of them Directly referring to God Himself. And then in the New Testament, we see how important it is to God to be sent. He sends His one and only Son, Jesus, to forgive, redeem, and establish a relationship with God. And then just as Jesus was sent he sends out his disciples to share the good news of Jesus with others. That's what it says in John 17, 18. It says as you send me. He's actually talking to God the Father. He's saying as you sent me into the world I also have sent them the disciples into the world. So if you're wondering what we're talking about tonight it's simply this. Our God is a God who sends? And he's calling us to also live as ones who are sent. Because here's the thing the world, I don't know if you have noticed recently, especially, but the world needs Jesus. And he's sending us to bring Jesus to the world. So how do we do that? How do we how do we live lives as sent ones just as Jesus was well here's the first thing if you're, if you're taking notes establish your relationship and life with God establish your relationship and life with God now I get it uh, Christian Gopal last week kind of talked about he talked about how can I bring people to Jesus and so you might hear that and you say oh establish your relationship and life with God well that's easy I'm already doing that but can I encourage you in this way how many of you guys know that relationships change Over years, right? If you're married, anybody who's anybody been married for more than forty years? Oh, ah, of course, Auntie Chris and Uncle Ovid. Anybody been married over what did I say? Forty years? Anybody been married for over twenty years? Anybody been married over ten years? Anybody just dating? See, I can guarantee you one thing. For those of you who have been married for over 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, me and Katie, we've been married for 11 years, I think. Um, (laughs) See, now I know what's going to happen. Why? Because our relationship has changed. But I guarantee you this, that when you were dating, it was different, far different from what it is now in your 30th year or your 40th year or even your 20th year or even in your 11th year. In fact, it was so funny because just this past weekend, we had our daughter's birthday party at Fun Factory. And I want to be very transparent with you guys. When me and Katie first were dating and then we first got married, we were living in an apartment. And so we used to do date night. And date night was at Fun Factory. And why was date night at Fun Factory? Because one, we was really good at games. I'm very competitive. And two, we took the tickets. And Fun Factory had like small appliances like Toastmaker, Blender, oh, we'd, buy our, we'd get our appliances from Fun Factory, okay? That was in year one. In year 11, we're going to Fun Factory and there's no, we, one, we're not spending money on ourselves, we're spending it on our five kids and I'm looking at the prizes going, oh, I I, and it was so funny because I was like, I remember we used to come here and, and buy, or not buy, but you know, spend money for, for all the games and then use the tickets to buy this stuff and I, I realized I don't do that anymore because you know what, I actually shop at Target now. Because our relationship has changed, we're no longer living in an apartment. It's no longer just me and Katie. We now have five kids. So when I say establish your relationship and life with God, what I'm actually saying is you also have to make sure you continue to establish it as the years go by. Because if you if you just came to know the Lord recently, within the last two years, can I tell you this? It's going to be a whole lot different. 18 years from now. And you're not going to be able to sustain a relationship with God based off of how you first came to know him. You're going to have to continue to grow in your relationship with God. It's going to happen. You're going to have to continue to establish that relationship. And here's the thing. In John 15:4, it says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And see, Jesus is actually saying this to the disciples and he's saying this. He's saying fruit is produced based on the relationship between the vine and the branch. And in the same way, our relationship with Jesus will impact our life for God. And so how do we establish our relationship with, and how do we, how do we establish our relationship and life with God? Well, you get—you probably got told this. Spend you got to spend time with the Lord. But here's the thing: you got to spend time with the Lord not because you have to, but because you want to. That's like if you're married, you wanna you wanna take your wife on dates not because it's date night, but because you want to date your wife. Trust me, husbands, it's gonna it's gonna do wonders. But if you tell your wife, "Oh, I guess it's date night. We got to go out. Have fun with that." See, we want, want to spend time with the Lord, not because the pastor tells you you have to, not because, oh, that's what a good Christian would do, but because you want to spend time with Jesus. You want to have real and authentic conversations with the Lord. See, people ask me, how do you have a relationship with the Lord? And I tell them this, I tell them, how do you have a relationship with anybody else? Do that with Jesus. What do you mean? Well, how do you hang out? With, like, what do you do with your friends? You hang out with your friends, right? yeah. Do you hang out with your friends because you have to? No. No, I hang out with Jesus because I want to. Just like how I hang out with my friends. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to hang out with Jesus. I talk stories with Jesus. Now, you, now I'm not saying where I, you can find me somewhere talking by myself in, in the middle of everybody. But in prayer, I talk with I talk to Jesus. And I ask a lot of questions. More than, more than, you know, things I'm like, Lord, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to know this, but I just want to know. And a lot of times... He doesn't answer me back the way I want him to, but he answers. But I've learned that as you continue to grow and establish your relationship and life with God, those conversations are going to turn into some really epic ones. You, see, you seek His voice through His Word and in prayer. Seek His voice. See, when I when I when I learned is that uh, there came a season in my life where the Lord said, "You're going to have to just." Try it out. <laughs> use my word. Use the Bible. And you have to align everything that you think I'm saying according to that. And there were times where hey, I was like, Lord, that's awesome. And there were times where I was like, that's not what you was telling me. I now know because I have the scars to prove it. got to seek his voice through his word and in prayer. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If all we're doing is praying for our food a relationship with the Lord and don't just be hearers of the word but also be doers trust in who he is and be reminded of who he says we are and his love for us how many of you guys know that Jesus loves you every single moment of your, of your day for the rest of your life how many forget that though once in a while See, we've got to remember that. I love that. that, That's the relationship that Jesus wants with us. He never, ever changes his mind. He never, ever says, no, I changed my mind. You're, 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 You're crazy. He says, no, I always love you. I always want you. I'm always there for you. Trust in who he is and be and. Be reminded of who he says we are and his love for us. See, the, great, the amazing part about who Jesus is is that we will never be perfect. But as we continue to seek and love him, our lives will reflect our relationship with him. I remember years ago, there was a football player. You guys might know him. His name is Tim Tebow. And uh, he, was a, he was a college football quarterback. And then he transitioned into the NFL. And the funniest thing is when, when I say Tim Tebow, nobody t- really talks about football. Cause there's one thing that Tim Tebow was always known for, and it was Tebowing, right? He'd be on the. I'm not gonna do that because I sore. Cause you know, dad joking. But you know, he 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 bowed on and and he prayed. He was more known for being a Christian than being a football player. And so I, I actually I just actually just remember watching the uh, this ESPN footage of him, where I think it was like 12 years ago, where he got he got questioned. Another quarterback said like, "Hey, you know, we get it. You know, you love Jesus, but you know, you have to say it every single time." And so one of the commentators asked. Tim Tebow, well, what do you say to that comment? What do you say to that comment of, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm always talk about Jesus, and this is what Tim Tebow said. He said, hey, when you're, if you, if you're married, do you only tell your wife you love her one day? Do you only tell you, you love your wife on the day that you get married to her? No, I'm pretty sure you, if you, if you're married and you're in a really great, you're, you're in a, your marriage is strong, you're gonna tell your wife every single moment that you love her. And if I would do that for my wife, I'm definitely going to do that for Jesus. There's no, other, there's no greater love than Jesus. And I remember thinking, man, that's so bold because we live in a world that we almost got to hide that. But it's exactly that that we need to reflect into this world. See, our relationship and life with God has to grow beyond the walls of this church. Because what's so amazing is that God wants to grow his church. See, God's not interested in growing the building. He's not even interested in growing the attendance. What he's more interested in is growing the hearts and lives of his people. He desires us to be sent. And so he wants us, he wants to establish a relationship and life with him that extends far beyond the walls of this building. Let me say that again he wants to establish a relationship and a life with him that extends far beyond the walls of this building far beyond whatever platform you're on right now see he wants it to extend into our homes with our spouses with our families with our children with our loved ones he wants it to expand into our schools with our friends with the other students with the educators he wants it to expand into our workplaces with the customers, with our fellow employees and workers, including our bosses. He wants you to extend into our community with the people that are around us, including strangers. He wants it to expand into the, into the highways, even with the guy that just cuts you off and you're like, ah! He wants it to expand to that person. And trust me, I know it's hard. But that's where he wants our relationship to be at. He wants to pour into our relationship so that others around us sees that relationship. And as Jesus pours into our relationships and lives, he calls us out. Now, I'm going to say two words and it might trigger you. Because Jesus is calling us out. He does not want us to be comfortable and complacent. But he's calling us to be Courageous. See, the thing is, we like comfort. We like comfort. We like just, hey, let me just, I got it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good right here. You know, things are kind of easy right now. Life is, life is manageable in this area. My, my family is manageable in this area. The, my work is manageable in this area. My faith is manageable in this area. But here's the thing. If all we do is work where it's manageable, then how can we let Jesus work in us? See, he calls us to be courageous and he calls us to remain in him because he calls us to be sent. There's a scripture in the Bible and and I love this scripture. It's found in Acts 3 and it says, on one day Peter and John were two disciples that walked with Jesus. Now this is after Jesus died died on the cross, rose from the grave, and he ascended into heaven. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple temple gate called beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple church, temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and and as did John. And then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth walk taking him by the right hand he helped him up And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. See, the part that always gets me in that one scripture is when Peter says... Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give unto you freely. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have is a relationship with Jesus. And so I can go out and I can speak blessings upon people. I can share Jesus with people. That's the same thing that we can all do together. Because of our relationship with Jesus. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a church leader. You don't have to be part of a volunteer staff. You don't have to be even serving in a ministry. But what you can do is because of your relationship with Jesus, share Jesus. Because you are called to be sent. See, Peter had an authentic and genuine genuine relationship and life with Jesus. Jesus. That's the only way he could speak the name of Jesus and bring healing to this man who was lame. And in the same way, Christ is sending us into this world not because we go to church, but because we are the church. The second thing is this as we establish a relationship in life with God, the second thing is this we're sent and we're called to experience life with others. We experience life with others. Now, growing up, my favorite sport was basketball, but for some reason, I was um, challenged, and I never could make it onto a basketball team. In fact, I remember trying out for high school, and I don't know if have showed this before. I remember trying out for high school, and I was like, I really want to play basketball, and so I went through conditioning. And the coach went, "Okay, Urban skins." I was like, Coach, how are you going to do that to me? Like. Oh, and if you don't know what skins mean, skins means you don't play on a shirt. So I got to run up and down the, the, the gym without a shirt. So I was like, you know what, I'm never going to play basketball ever in my life. As much as I love basketball. And so I remember a uh, couple couple years ago after I graduated high school, uh, there was this thing called church league, church basketball league. And so me wanting to play basketball, uh, Pastor Sheldon and some of our other friends were on it. And so I jumped on our, our church league. And so I remember... Uh, And everybody, I'm going to be honest, everybody else on the team was way better than me, okay? Like, way better than me. And so this is where I often found myself. And so I'd be sitting down, yeah, 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 shoot the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And and so I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm okay with just being, you know, part of the team because, you know, yeah. But I'll never forget the time I heard, hey, Ben, go in. So part of me was like, "Oh, I'm gonna dunk on this ten foot rim. Watch me." The other side was me like, "Brother, you can't even jump two feet in the air. You need to jump on ten foot." So I remember, we well, remember jumping in the game, and so like I'm like, "I'm like, oh yeah!" And so we're running down, and I remember, and I, and then I realized why I had to wait so long to jump in the game. It's because by the time I ran down half court, I couldn't breathe. And so I remember, uh. And so we were losing badly. And so I remember, uh, I was like, okay, I want to win this game. And so I remember running down court. The other team was running. I'm trying to beat him to the, yeah, just for you. Uh, uh, running to the box. I get there before him. I stand right here, and I took on charge. Now, if you don't know what charge is, it's basically where you're letting the guy run into your body. Boom. Now, there's rules about taking a charge. If you step back, it's a foul on me. But if I fall back straight, it's a fall on him. You guys all heard, right? I never played basketball in my entire life, right? (laughs) Right? Okay. But all I'm thinking is I'm part of this team. I'm off the bench. Okay. Boom. Just fall, Ben. Just fall. You see how big I am? I thought I meant Jesus that night. (laughs) And then I heard the rest blow the whistle. (whistles) Fall. And I was like, on who? On who? On who? And they're like, the other guy's like, yeah. And they're like, ah. I was like, yeah! And everybody was like, yeah! I was like, ah! (laughs) But here's the thing, though. I remember this. This is what I remember, is that um, I was so wanting to be part of the team (laughs) that I was like, if I got to take this charge from this guy who looks like he actually plays in the NBA (laughs) and fall down, I'll do it. Because I wanted to experience what my what my friends and my teammates were, were doing as they were playing basketball. I knew that playing basketball, I have to do that once in a while. After that, they they told me, hey, Ben, go rest on the bench real quick. And then the game was Paul. <laughs> but the thing is this, is we got to experience life with others. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes... You don't know what you're doing, but you're experiencing life. Can I tell you this? Any moment that I wasn't on the bench, I was thrilled. Why? Because I was experiencing the game together with my friends. And in the same way, that's what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to experience life with others. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't just want us to live life with others. He wants us to experience life with others. Because you can live life with others and yet never get to know them. But when you experience life with others, you get to know all about them and they get to know all about you. See, if we look at Jesus, (laughs) Jesus did not just live life with the disciples. He experienced life with them too. He stepped into their boats. He stepped into the tax booth. He stepped into their lives and experienced life with them. Now, here's the thing that boggles my mind is this that that's Jesus. He's God. He already knew everything about their lives, He already knew what was going to happen in their lives. And yet, He still embraced them and experienced His life with them, just as He does for you and I. Listen, Jesus knows everything about our lives everything that was done, that's happening now, and that's going to happen. And yet he still says, I want to experience life with you. And in the same way, he sends us out to experience life so that we can build relationships with others. Now, if you have children, especially young children, or even teenagers, there's a question that a lot of times parents have, I mean, there's a lot of questions that parents have for towards their kids, but there's a question that I often ask myself, I ask my kids, and it's this question. Parents, let me know if you've heard this question before, if you ever said it how come you don't listen to me? Now I've said that as a parent, but I've also said that and I've heard that said to me several times. There's this one time where uh, I was working at Boys and Girls Club and I remember uh, my, my supervisor was like, hey Ben, how come other kids, they don't listen to me, but they listen to you? And I told them, well, because every single day I play sham battle with them. Every single day, I'm out there playing football with them. And in those times where I play sham battle with them, I hit them. I hit them hard so that they know who it hit <laughs> And then when I play football with them, if we're playing flag, I pull their flag. And then I gently push them down to the ground. So I want them to know that Mr. Ben beat you. This is a life lesson, son yeah but in all honesty I told them the reason why the, these kids listen to me is because I have a relationship with them because as much as they hit them with the ball guess what they turn around and hit me with the ball as many times as I push them down guess what they double team me and push me down and so so I so I realized that's that's the reason why those kids would listen to me there was another moment where uh, I had two friends and one of them said how come you don't listen to me like you listen to that other person? And so I told them, well, let me explain to you why I listen to them a whole lot more than I listen to you. We're friends, we're good. I, I mean, I'm not saying that we're not friends, but can I tell you this? That person that you're talking about has seen me through the worst of my life. And not only did they see me through the worst of my life, they were with me. They were the ones that I was crying on their doorstep going, I don't know what to do. They were the ones that were like, hey, you know what? You Just come with us. We're going to go cruising. They spent life with me, and that is why I listened to them. And just a couple of days ago, I had my twins who were three. Uh, they decided that together, they wanted to start a symphony of crying and whining and I'm not going to lie, a part of me was like, I, I want to just yeah, I'm going to jump into the symphony and be the symphony boss. But I realized something with my son Luke and my, my daughter Leah, uh, they actually went off separate times. They, one went off and what I did was I hugged them. And I hugged them and I hugged them. I was like, just squeeze that, just squeeze that in. And, and, uh, and he's kicking and he's punching and he's all, you know, just, and finally he just tires himself out and then he starts listening to daddy. My daughter Leah did it second and she went off more. It's like she saw her brother Luke and was like, hey, I'm going to punch daddy harder. And I'm going to kick daddy harder. And so I'm like, I'm squeezing her. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Just, no, just squeeze daddy. Just, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And finally she calmed down and she listened. And I realized something as I was doing that to my kids was that for me as their dad, I want them to know that no matter what, I'm there in the midst of it. I'm willing to stand in the gap and get kicked, punched, screamed in my ear because I love them. I could easily be like, ah, you know, I can just, huh, go, go, go cry over it, Go to mommy, go to mommy. But no, I, I remember going, no, I, I want to be in that moment and experience everything with them, even this. And it's the same thing that God is calling us to do because we're, we're called to be sent. See, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. See, Jesus calls us to experience life with others so that we can listen to their stories, embrace them with love, care for them, and begin to build a genuine relationship with them. 1 John 4, 9 to 12 says it like this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete i tell you this right now when we experience life with others it's not always going to be easy in fact i've learned that experiencing life often meet with others often means that we're going to find ourselves going through the mud the mess and the madness that they're all going to go through you know as a former youth pastor i've heard i've had my share of walking in the mud with youth but as my former youth pastor and youth leaders would tell me, they would say, just look at them when they're 30 and see what God is going to do in them. Well, Pastor Bunny and pastor, pastor Sheldon, I'm 36. So you guys got to see how I turned when I became 30. And now it's my turn. Thank the Lord I have youth that are almost there. So whew, not, too, not too far, not too far. But the reason why I'm saying that is because experiencing life is a journey and we get to share Jesus out of who he is in us we get to deliver the hope, salvation peace and love of Jesus to this world you know there's a there's an event that happens every week in our community it's called our night market and I've been going down with some of my friends and they they have boots. and what's so cool about it is that uh I told people this. If you ever asked me it before if I was going to ever be found downtown Hilo on a Friday night, I tell you, no way. But now it's amazing because you see people from our community going and there's food vendors and all these things. But what I love about it is when, I, when I'm when i there and I see people that I don't know and I see people that I do know. And I see people that are like, I get to meet new people, I get to build new friendships and relationships and I get to still talk stories with with people who are like, hey, why, why, uh, why, what, what, they, I never knew this was happening. And it's like, yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. I mean, you just get to see people. You get to know people. But this is what I've witnessed in the last couple times that we've been going down is every single person that's there is a person that's meant to be reached for Jesus. And it's giving me a whole different new perspective. He's allowed me to, like, think about what are they going through in their lives? And so as we're there, every single time I see people, I'm just praying in my head, in my heart, Lord, touch that person's life. Lord, touch that person's life. I might not be on a platform giving a message, but I can be anywhere and love them as Christ loves them. So can you. Why? Because God, our God, is a God who sends he sent Jesus, and he's sending you and I. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? In John 20, 21, 22, it says, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, right now, the most amazing thing is this. Lord, you are calling each and every one of us to be sent. That, Lord, it's not about just hearing a message in these seats. It's about what we do with who you are in us when we leave here, when we go home, when we go to our workplace, when we go to school, when we go to the the grocery store, when we go out in our community, when we're driving, whatever we're doing, Lord. Lord, you've called us to be sent. In fact, you say in your word, Lord, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, or there's a good news that this world needs, Lord. It's your love, it's your hope, it's your peace, your joy, it's your forgiveness. And so, Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that you will just anoint our feet, that you would anoint our hearts, that you would anoint our mouths, that you would anoint every part of us because of our relationship with you. That Lord, you would continue to establish our relationship and our lives with you so that we can experience life with others and by doing so that we would be sent into the world bearing your name, changing lives because of who you are. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. Continue to move in our lives. We look forward to what you're going to do in and through us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and we all said, amen. Amen. So don't forget, when you leave here tonight, you're not just leaving, you are sent. Go and share Jesus with those around you. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'll see you guys Sunday morning at 7, 8.30, and 10 a.m. God bless. Everybody take care, and aloha.